share a few things with you from the scriptures. I'm still talking uh, about the subject or from the, the theme, can I be like Jesus? And I really want us to understand that, to grasp, uh, can I be like Jesus? So often, as I've said, so many of us will say, yes, I can be like Jesus, but we go out and don't live like we can be like Jesus. We actually so often live in doubt and fear. So I would like for us to be bold and be strong. And remember a song we used to sing, I think it was during the charismatic renewal, be bold, be strong, the Lord your God in the midst of you is mighty. Remember that one? Be bold and be strong. We don't mean be arrogant, but be bold and strong. That is trusting in the Lord. Uh, the scripture says uh, that we are sons of God, and Jesus himself says, the world does not know us. The world does not know us. This is part four in the series. But the world does not know us. You are sons of God. The world does not know us. We've, we've stated these things uh, prior, but we want to state them again. The world doesn't know us because we have been born again. We have been born again. We are now spirit. We have uh, a soul. We live in a body. But we are not a spirit. We are spirit. We're spirit beings. That's who we are. And so uh, we have to be willing to be misunderstood since Jesus says the world does not know us. And the reason the world does not know us, he said, because the world did not know him. So you and I are identified with Jesus. When the world knows us, likes us, and uh, cons as it were, wants to consort with us, that's one of those Houston, we've got a problem moments. We've got a problem. A lot of times we think that somehow we've done things so much better than others, that's why the world wants us. But no, the world does not want us. The world wants to spew you out if you are like Jesus. Uh, in, uh, in 1 John chapter 3, let me uh, reiterate some things that I shared in the last uh, time, the last uh, message. Uh, in John uh, chapter 3, verse 1, 1 John 3, 1, said Jesus, I mean the Word of God rather, says, Behold what manner of what sort of love the Father has bestowed upon us, he's gifted to us, or granted to us, that we should be called children of God. And that means that we are the technons, we, are, we have been produced by God, we are his children. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. The world does not know us because what it did not know him. So you don't want to be saddened that the world does not know you. That, that means that you are walking like Jesus when the world expresses its hatred or dislike for you. Jesus says to us in John 15, 18, uh, he says, if the world hates you, this is John 15, verses 18 through 21, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. And so Jesus is giving us understanding as to how we are to walk out this life. Um, he says, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. So now we understand why we're not readily accepted in the world. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet, because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And we, we say hate you, it, we mean hate you. The world hates you. Why? Be because uh, you belong to God. You belong to another realm. You re belong to the one that the world rejected and repudiated. 
Now, when the Bible says hate, yes, it means hate. It means to detest you or to love less. The world doesn't care about you unless the world can use you. So Jesus then, he says, therefore the world hates you. And in uh, verse 20, he says, remember the word that I said to you. So Jesus, when he speaks to us from the word of God on, through the Bible, and also every Sunday or Wednesday or whenever the word is preached to you, he says he wants you to remember it. How many of us remember it? How many of us really will take a note or uh, buy a CD or go to back to the Internet and, and re-listen and listen and listen? I know, I know you do. I know you do. But how many of us? He says, remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. A servant is not greater than his master. All right? A servant is not greater than his master, right? So if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. So Jesus wants us to understand so that we don't panic or feel like we have done something wrong when we are rejected by the world or the world system or uh, its organizations. Wow. We have to, we have to recognize, oh, uh, I'm being treated like Jesus. I'm, I cannot be like Jesus. Yes, I will be like Jesus. Yes, in glory. Yes, in victory, but I will also be like Jesus in rejection. You, you and I will be like, you, if you and I are not like Jesus in rejection, we will never be like him in glory. You must be like Jesus in rejection. Now, somebody may say, well, I don't know if I get that. Well, Paul tells us if we suffer with him, we'll reign with him. If we, and so we can say conversely, if we don't suffer with him, we won't reign with him. Wow. So, this is a bright Sunday morning. Let's get it chipper here. Let's be excited about, about suffering, right, with Jesus, or rather being identified with Jesus. That's what you want. You identify with Jesus. Oh, yeah. Every one of us has practiced suffering avoidance. Yeah. But, but let's not do that. Now, listen what Jesus says. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you. For my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. So Jesus is saying that, that the, the reason the world acts as, the, as it acts and does what it does is because they've never known God. The world has not known God. So I, I, I do sense that the Lord is wanting us to walk out our Christianity, especially in a day like we're living in a day of darkness and confusion. Let's look at John chapter 16, uh, 1 through 4. Can I be like Jesus? Every believer wants to be like Jesus, right? Yeah. Every believer. Remember when we were children, we wanted to be like our mom and dad? Amen. Remember that? Amen. Uh, anybody ever put on dad's shoes when he was gone, you know, other than me? Yeah. Used to put on dad's shoes and walk in dad's shoes. Walk around dad's shoes. Big, big shoes. Yeah, big shoes. And if, dad were, if dad's shoes were alive now, I wouldn't be able to get my feet in them. But I remember walking in dad's shoes because I wanted to be like my dad. And we would act like dad. So do, you can be like that with Jesus. You can be like that with God. Let's, let's look at John chapter 16, verses 1 through 4. These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. So what does Jesus say? Jesus is saying, I am educating you. I, I take you through my word. I show you who I am and what I've done. And I do this. I tell you things to come. I give you prophetic utterances. Why? So that you won't be made to stumble when bad things happen. 
Now, I'm, I'm, I don't want you to raise your hand, but I would say to you, I would say to you, there are those of us who are here who have stumbled in our walk with Jesus. Why? Because we didn't remember what he said. Amen. We didn't remember what he said. Amen. We didn't remember uh, that, that he told us we would suffer. We thought, well, I'm a Christian now. God's got my back. Yes, he does have your back, and uh, you will still suffer. Amen. Listen. They will put you out of the synagogues. And when I, I've read this multiple times, maybe hundreds or, th- uh, or maybe a thousand times, I've read this, they will put you out of the synagogues. And sometimes when we're reading the Word of God, we'll just go right past uh, something of great import. They will put you out of the synagogues. Who are the they? Who are they? Those were people who were professing to know God. So there, there were people of the world, quote, unquote, in the house of God, among the people of God. They will put you out, out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. He offers God service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. I believe that God is preparing us for today, yes, but also days to come. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. Now, so we must pay attention when the Word of God is being taught. We must pay attention because these times will come and you need to remember that you've been told what was going to happen. When I was a younger man, I remember there was a lot of prophetic going on in the 70s, and a lot of prophetic utterances. Any of you remember those things? No, y'all don't remember. Oh, you forgot. I just told you, you got to remember. Okay, so you have, uh, I remember the prophetic was so uh, just uh, everywhere. It was just people were giving prophetic words, and we all wanted prophetic words. I mean, you know, you say, well, uh, no, we wanted prophetic words. But prophetic words are, are not just to be some kind of a warm fuzzy for you. It's to get, it'd be a light for you to help, to help you walk by. Now, the Word of God is our light. We want to go by the Word of God. But somebody coming and saying, you know, the Lord spoke this word to me concerning you. That was always good. And most prophetic words were, oh, what you were going to be. They were always like a carrot in front of the horse. It's what you are going to be. But Jesus is saying, I'm I'm giving you these words about the end times so that you won't stumble. And so when Jesus says that, this is what you and I can be assured of, that some will stumble. Don't let it be me, Lord. And then um, he says, beloved... Beloved, now are we children of God, all right? Uh, I'm back in 1 John, uh, I mean, 1 John chapter 3. Beloved, now are we children of God. Now, now, at this juncture, right now, this moment, we're children of God. What well, we are born ones of God. So that means that you and I have had a birth, a second birth. The second birth is, so, is real and actual. It is actually uh, more real, I would say, than our first birth. This birth of the Spirit, it made us into something we were not. We were human beings born of our parents, but now we are born ones of God. 
So that's so beautiful. Born ones of God. So you and I have been born of the Spirit. So the Spirit of God engendered us, brought us forth as a new kind of humanity, a new creation. He says, now we are born ones of God, children of God, and is, has not yet been revealed what we shall be. So what John is saying is we don't know fully what we shall be. So, uh, you know, you can imagine. I have a vivid imagination. I know some of you probably have a vivid imagination. Um, you know, uh, a number of years ago, uh, one of my friends said to me one day, he said, I, I've always wanted to be an astronaut. He was a very, very bright guy. Worked with him in the oil business years and years ago. He said, I always wanted to be an astronaut. And he was disappointed because his dad made him leave school. Young man, younger than me, made him leave school so he could go to work in his mechanic shop. He said, I wanted to be an astronaut. He was a very bright man. I said, well, you want to be a Christian. He said, what? I said, you want to be a Christian if you wanted to be an astronaut. I said, what are you talking about? I said, because, because God has promised us the stars. He has promised us the universe. I said, you want to be a Christian. And, and, and he, it, he pondered and pondered. And even in this building, he came to visit one day and gave his heart to the Lord somewhere right over there. Yeah. So what am I saying? I'm saying it has not yet fully been revealed what we shall be. Yes, we know that Jesus says, fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We know we own the kingdom. Now, you, you say, well, I, I don't. Yes, we own the kingdom. Amen. Another example, we were going to dedicate a, a field out here, to a softball field, David Gertis Field. We went out there one day, and after church, we went out to uh, dedicate that place. And the little boy, so tall, was out there with me, and he, he would always come up to me, and I would talk to him. And he looked up to me one day and said, Pastor, who does this belong to? I said, it belongs to you. It belongs to all of us. He said, really? I said, all of this, it belongs to all of us. And so we have to understand what God has done for the believer. So he says, fear not, little flock, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He meant that. And this is what John is saying. Now we are children of God. It has not yet been revealed what we shall be. It's not fully revealed. But we know that when he, Jesus, is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And there's something about seeing God that's revelatory. So when you see Jesus, it's revelatory. You will see him, and there's something God does that you will be like him. Wow. It's like looking in the mirror. Amazing. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, Paul talks further about the Spirit in Romans 8, verses 15 and 16. He says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But, notice how the Holy Spirit uses but in, our, in, our, in, the, in his uh, word. He uses but to change our direction. Yeah, because we have earthly thinking, natural thinking, and he wants to change us so we are thinking spiritually. How many of us came in here today to, so that we would think spiritually? Yeah, I want to I be enhanced in that. I want to think more like God because he told us, you don't think like me. Your thought, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Your, your ways are not my ways. We don't have the same ways. We don't have the same thoughts. I said, well, I want the same thoughts. I want the same ways. 
Because he promises us something if we will walk in his ways. Let's walk in his ways. Let's have God thoughts. Let's think like God. He says here, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry out, Abba, Father, Dad, Daddy, Daddy. So it's like God is your dad. That's, that's big stuff. That's big stuff. But we've received the spirit of adoption. Now, it does not mean we're not sons of God by adoption. No. We are born sons. Amen. So, so you're, not, you're not adopted to be a son. In a this is speaking of, of uh, being an adult son, an adult child of God, that you can take care of the family business. You know, yeah, you can take care of the family business. So, so, so we, we have the spirit of adoption. That is, that we are full adult sons right now. Amen. Right. But you have been born again. Born. All right. So, so your, your relationship to God, as far as a birth is concerned, was when you were born again of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, notice this is so, so big. So what I'm saying is, if what I'm saying this morning seems a little strange, then there is a witness. I like to, when we were preaching sometimes, and uh, calling up the witnesses. That's what we do. When we cite different scriptural references, we're calling up witnesses to, to witness to our message. The Bible says, out, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And so what we'll do is we'll preach and we'll, we'll ask Jeremiah to lend his support to, to the argument or Isaiah to lend his support to the argument. Or we'll say, Paul says, you know, we want them to. But here he says, the Holy Spirit is doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So the Spirit, the Spirit, he says, the Spirit himself. It's one thing to call uh, Jeremiah to the stand. Jeremiah, come take the stand. I'm preaching here today. You know, Isaiah, take the stand. David, come take the stand. I, I want you some corroboration here. But he says, no, no. He said, the Holy Ghost himself is bearing witness. I, I love that, don't you? The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are born ones of God. The Holy Spirit and our spirit. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. Every word. So this is established word. So God wants to establish you in the truth. Amen. I said God wants to establish you in the truth. Amen. 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 So we are being established in the truth. I love that. Don't you love that? Amen. I know it's early in the morning. But we have another service. If you use this one to wake up, then you can pay attention in the next one. Yeah. Can I be like Jesus? Can I be like Jesus? Can I be like Jesus? Absolutely. I can be like Jesus. Now look at Ephesians chapter 5. Let's look at Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. Some of my favorite verses. Uh, Ephesians 25, uh, 5, verses 25 through 27. The scriptures never command us to do what we are unable to do. Now notice. Now I, I know I've said something that could be misconstrued that I was, I'm contradicting myself. But listen, the scriptures never command us to do what we are unable to do, but command every believer in the Lord. Okay, maybe that sounds a little tricky. What I'm saying is somebody says the, the Lord um, will never ask you to do what you 
can't do it. And, I, and I've said, you know, yes, yes, he has. But what I was saying was that you are aided now by the Spirit to do. All right? So we have to listen very carefully. You see, yeah, God will tell me to do something that I cannot do. But I say here, he, he never commands us to do what we're unable to do, but he commands us in the Lord. I know. Maybe I should just throw one part of that away, right? But he commands us in the Lord. So that means that you and I are enabled by the Spirit of God to do everything God commands. We are enabled by the Spirit of God to do whatever God commands. So when I, say, when I say, oh, he will ask you to do things you cannot do, I'm saying you're a natural person. So when I say he will never ask you to do anything uh, that you are, are unable to do, but he commands you in the Lord, which means that God has given us an enablement that whatever God says, I can do. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do. So God has given us our I can do spirit. I can do spirit. Why? Because he has enabled us by the Holy Spirit. You and I are enabled by the Holy Spirit. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Now, first, uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 4 says, and we have confidence in the Lord concerning you. Do we have confidence? I have confidence. No, I have confidence in the, lo the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things we command you. So with the command of God comes the strength of God. With the command of God comes the strength of God. With the command of God comes the strength of God. I heard this uh, pastor, uh, Casey Tree, years ago. He was preaching and he was getting really excited. I won't say everything he said because I can't repeat some of that. But, but it, was, it was somewhat funny. He said, he was preaching. He said, the Bible says, go, go, go. And he stopped. He said, two-thirds of God's name is go. <laughs> so, so Paul tells us here in verse 25, Ephesians 5, 25, husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So when he says, husband, love your wives, you cannot do that on your own. So what God has done, he has enabled you by giving you the spirit. So you get, he gave you the spirit of God, and now you have the enablement of God to do everything that God commands. So with every command, the command is in the Lord, and with it is ability. Amen. All right? Husband, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church. Can I be like him? Yeah, he says he can here. He said the, the, the command is do the same. Be like Christ. He gave himself to crucifixion that he might sanctify, set his church apart, cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot, wrinkle, or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So he says, okay, I want you to love your wife like that. Now, now it's not up to the wife to sit down there as the arbiter for herself. Amen. You know, it's, it's, it's for the husband to go to God and say, okay, God, give me this enablement. Amen. So you are to love your wife to death. Amen. That's what he says. So he gives you the ability to love your wife. So wife, let's make it a little easier. And don't say, well, you've been enabled by the Spirit. <laughs> I 
<laughs> you have been enabled by the Spirit, buddy. Get to work. So the Bible says that we are able to love just like Christ loved the church. That is totally selfless. I think what we, we still have that carnal thinking sometimes where we think carnally. We think like, well, I, will I can love you. Make it easy on me. Right? But he says, no, you've been enabled by the Spirit. And, and, and the, the Christ loved the church, therefore he gave himself for it. Christ loved the church, therefore he gave himself for it. Christ loved the church. That's why he gave himself for her. Love gives. Love gives. So I can be like Christ in love. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to back up. I wanted to start with the tough one, the hard one, but let's go to the uh, 1 and 2, verses 1 and 2. He tells us, <clears throat> Paul tells us, therefore be imitators of God as dear children. So he is talking about not just imitation for the sake of imitation. He is talking about being a follower. As I gave the example earlier as a child, wanting to walk in my dad's shoes. Walk in my dad's shoes. And so he's saying, be a follower, be an imitator as dearly beloved children. Agapetos, agapetos. Uh, that, that is a word that, that is coined in the Greek that talks about a love that is beyond a human ability. And then in verse 2, he commands us again, be imitators, be followers uh, of God as dear children, uh, as dearly beloved children, and walk in love. So he's telling us that our daily comportment must be love. Amen. Our daily comportment. Now, you cannot walk in love thinking about yourself. Anybody, anybody want to take issue with that? Stand up right now. You cannot walk in love thinking about yourself. How many of you know that it's just so contradictory? It doesn't work, man. Come on. I, I'm here. I'm living proof. It doesn't work. You think about yourself, you're not walking in love. And walking up, he's saying, have a lifestyle of the God kind of love. Amen. Every one of us need, needs to do something about that. Every, every man in this building needs to say, God, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me, Lord. I want to have the God kind of love. God didn't wait for us to act right before he loved us. That was an impossibility. So if, if you're having problems, Lord, help me. I, I prayed that more time. I, when I get to heaven, I wonder if angels say, boy, you prayed that more than anybody ever lived. <laughs> I'm always saying, Lord, help me. Because when I see these things, help me. I can be like Christ. I can be like Jesus. Yes, so help me be like Jesus. So he says, have a lifestyle of agape as Christ loved. That's what he's saying. I want you to love as Christ loved. We want the world to get better when we're not getting better. Wow. And he says, Christ has loved us, as Christ also has loved us. So Christ is not asking you to love anybody uh, far into the way he loved you. He loved you before you got it together, and some of us are still getting it together. Amen? amen. Come on, say amen with me. And he has loved us, Christ has loved us, has given himself for us. Now listen to what he did. He gave himself for us as an offering and, I'm sorry, gave his, himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God. In other words, he, 
he, he gave himself over to God to be killed, as it were. And so he tells us, Paul says this, I die daily. I have to die to myself, my own will, my own wants every day. And if you're not dying to yourself every day, you're not walking in love, not the God kind of love. Make sure to get quiet in this house. And it's a sweet-smelling aroma. So uh, it's, it's a sweet-smelling aroma to God. So what he's saying is, what Paul is, is saying to us by revelation is that when you have this kind of love, you just smell good. Remember Pastor Charles used to come up and say, you look good in the house of the Lord. Amen. And so what, I would like to smell good. Amen. Smell good. A good fragrance. God said, wouldn't it, be a, wouldn't it be something, I, I don't know how we will interact with, with the Father, but wouldn't it be something if you could go to the Father and say, Father, what, what are you taking that deep inhalation for? What is that? He said, oh, it's that Corpus Christi Christian Fellowship. Yeah. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. Ah. Wow. So it's a sweet-smelling fragrance. So love is defined by selflessness, yeah. by giving all. May I do one more? Yes. Let me do one more before we go. One is not walking in love when. You know, I, th I think I've heard something like that in the past, maybe on some television, such and such when, whatever. But one is not walking in love when. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verses 3 through 7. He said, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it, not be even named, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. So he says, you are not walking in love if you are fornicating or if you have uncleanness or if you are coveting. Wow. And then he says, verse 4, he says, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. And so what he's saying, it, whatever kind of filthiness it is, that is something that is not in accord with holiness and righteousness, or foolish talking. You remember the song, maybe you don't, it says, you talk too much, you worry me to death. You talk too much, you worry my, my pets, you talk too much. And so what he's saying here is when you and I talk too much, it gets to be foolish. And, and, and it's not good. So you're not walking in love when you talk too much. You worry me to death. You talk too much, you worry my pets. You just talk too much. Nor coarse jesting. That is, all that risque, those risque jokes, those terrible jokes. He says, that's not love. Isn't that something? Because you don't know what the devil just put in that person's mind. And now that person's going to be struggling because you told that off-color joke. But, he says, rather give thanks. So what he's saying is you can't hurt anybody by giving thanks to God. You can't. Have you ever been around those thank you, Lord, folks? Are you, are you the thank you, Lord, folks? Can, yeah, just quickly, when I grew up, when I grew up, everybody was, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Did I grow up isolated? <laughs> this, this doesn't resonate here. <laughs> thank you, Lord. They would say, oh, thank you, Lord. They, they would just, thank you, Lord, folks. I don't hear a lot of thank you, Lord, folks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, thank you, Lord. No, no, Okay. 
For this you know. What is it we know? That no fornicator, no unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of, God, of Christ and of God. It says, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. This is what he's saying. This is what he's saying to us is that those of us who are in Christ, who are like Jesus, who said, can I be like Jesus? Yes, I want to be like Jesus. says, the wrath of God will never touch you. The wrath of God will never touch you. You'll have tribulation, but never the wrath of God. Tribulation is child's play to the wrath of God. Paul says that, that we're going to all suffer tribulation, but he says, no, we've been saved from wrath through Christ. That means the violent passion of God against sin. There's justifiable ire against sin, his abhorrence of sin, his punishment, his indignation of sin. So you'll never experience it. Can I be like Jesus? Absolutely. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I love you. I love you. And we're, I'll be right back in just a moment. Brother James.